Hello! Um, welcome to Two People in a Podcast with your host, Zach and Katie. Um, our podcast is where we delve into the deeper meaning of TV, movies, video games, or anything we find interesting. Ooh. Uh, yes. So, um, before we begin our episode, you should check out our website, uh, www.tpaap.com. Our social media, which is on um, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok. You should also rate us on Apple Podcasts so we can continue to grow and make better content and recommend us to your friends. Okay, so um, I just want to give a shout out to a uh, another small podcast. Um, and they're, they're really cool. So they're called Heinous Investigations by Wildly Productions. Um, so here's how they describe the show. A fast-paced saga meant to invoke the zany stories and shows of childhood, albeit with some more grown-up elements of a la Monster of the Week series. In the small New England coastal town of Hainsbury, strange things have been happening. People claiming to be haunted by ghosts, unexplained tremors beneath the ground, and a legend of an old hidden treasure being just a few. All of this utterly confuses recent law school graduate and skeptic Carlton as he begins his job at Hainsbury local law firm. Soon enough, however, Carlton's natural curiosity leads him into encounters with some of um, Hainsbury's strangest residents. When a destructive incident unites them, under, uh, unites them under the watchful eye of a member of the town's wealthiest and most respected family, they team up to form Heinous Investigations, a group dedicated to uncovering and disposing Hainsbury pre, uh, preternatural phenomenon. Um, and... Like that—that's how they describe it. But I—I've had a chance to cool. listen to it, and it's kind of like a—it's um, kind of like a scripted, like, like, I guess just like invest, like a uh, supernatural investigation thing. It sounds um, to me kind of like a Stranger Things kind of thing, where it's like you know, like real life kind of meets like oh, like there's like this weird like horror going on or some mystery going on, and we have to investigate it. That sounds fun. Uh, this is the first time I'm hearing about this, but that sounds yeah. really interesting. So I think you guys should check them out. That, I mean, I'm going to like probably right after this. I'll send you a link. So if that description isn't enough for you, believe me when I say that this is a very engaging podcast. There's excellent production, sound effects, and voice acting. The voice actors play off of each other very well, and it's reminiscent of like watching Scooby-Doo on Boomerang in the mornings, as I did as a kid. Um, I particu- particularly enjoyed their old couples saga where they, um, yeah, it's like three episodes and they're each like 40 minutes long. So, you know, you're going to get a good bit of stuff and it's like all like high quality produced stuff. So, um, I really commend to everyone who's worked on this, all the voice actors and sound engineers and editors and stuff like this. And their podcast is Heinous Investigations by Wildly Productions. Listen on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you want to become a, if you are a big fan and want to support their content creation, they have a Patreon. They also have Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, Tumblr, and Facebook. And I will leave all of that in the description. But now back to the episode. In today's episode, we're figuring out how Kane the Conqueror became one of the most fascinating characters in Marvel Comics. Furthermore, we'll go to explain what the implications of his appearance in the MCU means. There are spoilers for the show Loki, just so you know. So, the reason we're discussing this today is because Kane the Conqueror appeared in the final episode of Loki. Um, he, play, he is played by Jonathan Major, who was a prominent character in Lovecraft Country and the Five Bloods. Have you, um, have you seen Lovecraft Country? 
I've seen some of it. I know you've watched more than me. You're the one who introduced me to it. Oh, that's true. Yeah, I I really like it. I, I, I need to see if like season two is out yet, but from the season that I've watched, yeah, it's really interesting and kind of creepy at the same time, but it's really cool. Um, yeah, he's the main character in Lovecraft Country, and uh, I really, really like his acting. Yeah, especially in Loki, he played such a, like, like very, uh, I guess, like, wacky character, or very energetic. He's very, like, he's very mysterious and kind of alarming. I mean... He's kind he's of so, the opposite of Thanos. Yeah, like, um, he's he's so, like you said, he's kind of, like, he's kind of uncanny, you know? Like, it's like, he's not, he's supposed to be this big villain, but... He's so nonchalant, and it's like you're so uncertain about what he's going to do next that it honestly makes him scarier than Thanos, which is why I think he's a really cool character. But at the same time, we don't actually know if he's Kang, because they never said it. The only thing that they ever said that he was was a conqueror. It's like, oh, some may call me a conqueror. Yes, um, I, I do see what you mean, but <laughs> I feel like it's very conclusive. And there actually might be a reason for why they didn't exactly say he was Kang, and I'll get into this soon. So, originally, we heard that he was cast in the third Ant-Man movie, Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania, and we were like, okay, he's going to appear then, because that's where we saw, like, the casting and stuff. Um, But he actually appeared in the last episode of Loki, which is cool. Um, And I think this suggests that he is going to be the next Thanos-level threat, possibly being a major villain in the next few years of Marvel films. But before we discuss that... What about Multiverse of Madness? Do you think he's going to be a villain in that one? Oh, for sure. Um, but before we discuss that, we're going to tell you about the comic origin of this character, along with his powers and abilities. So, let's get into King to Conqueror. King to Conqueror is one of Marvel's oldest villains. He was created by Jack Kirby and Stan Lee. Like, so you know it's got to be good, right? <laughs> so, um, King was originally born Nathaniel Richards. If that last name sounds familiar, it is because it is the same last name as Reed Richards from Fantastic Four. Yes. So um, he's a scholar from the 31st century, and it is possible that he is a descendant of Reed Richards and even Doctor Doom. He ended up becoming a time traveler after stealing Doctor Doom's time machine. Um, He traveled back in time to ancient Egypt via a spaceship that looks like the ancient Egypt Binks. You know, like that, like the speed. It was like, for some reason, there's a, yeah. And apparently that's their explanation for the Sphinx, because there's no explanation for the Sphinx and like, the real world so this is their explanation that king went back in time in a spaceship like that and he just parked it in ancient okay. egypt um and he wanted the reason he went back in time to ancient egypt is because he wanted to capture in sabah nor um also known as apocalypse in the x-men he was the first ever mutant in the marvel universe yeah and he was a um, mortal he? yeah he, he wanted him to become his hair his heir um his hair. He wanted to become his heir, but um, he wasn't able to do that. But this is where we get into the first appearance of King the Conqueror. King first appeared in Fantastic Four issue number 19 in 1960. This King the Conqueror was known as Rama Tut. So not King the Conqueror yet. It was Rama Tut because he, he played as a pharaoh um, and stuff. So, But for some, I don't exactly know why, but the Fantastic Four also happened to travel back to the same time. And they defeated him leaving him to escape. But what he said to the Fantastic Four before escaping was, oh, I shall leave my Sphinx behind to mystify mankind for centuries to become, come. And when I leave, the memory of my reign shall fade into oblivion as though I have never been. 
And in the Marvel Universe, this explains how the Sphinx exists, whereas in real life, you don't know how the Sphinx exists. And we no, don't see... No, it's like Kang... the whole... I know the whole idea is like it's an it's like an old Marvel comic, so it's going to be a little bit wacky, but who the hell would make a time machine that just looks like a Sphinx? That's, that's a good question. Yeah. That's like... First of all, that looks like a Sphinx, and second of all, that happens to be like made out of the same material as the surrounding. Oh yeah, and it fits so well in ancient Egypt. Yeah, right. Like what? Dumb. <laughs> <It's so laughs> yeah, we don't see Kang again until the nineteen sixty four issue of Fantastic Four annual issue number two, while Doctor Doom is floating through space after being defeated by the Fantastic Four once again. Um, he gets sucked into a mysterious spaceship that is piloted by Kang. Despite Kang not knowing who this individual was, he confesses that he shared something in common with him. They were both defeated by the Fantastic Four. Kang goes on to explain his origin, citing he stole his ancestor's time machine, Doctor Doom. His ancestor is Doctor Doom, and he stole his time machine. And then Doctor Doom responds with, Wait, it was I who built this time machine. What if I am not your ancestor? What if I went to the future? What if you are me? What if Ramatat and Doctor Doom are the same man? Uh... I'm only mentioning this because it does complicate King's origins a little bit. Even though Stanley intended for this to be a plot point of King to Conqueror, no other writer wanted to pick the storyline up, and it remained one of those could be true or not things. So, although it, he is it to be, con- I think time travel um, plot points are kind of iffy at a lot of times. It's really hard to write for them because you end up contradicting yourself a lot of times. Yeah. Um, although he is still considered to be a descendant of Doctor Doom and Reed Richards, but he is not considered to be Doctor Doom from the past or future or wherever. I but don't there think might it be... make any sense because he never said that he was. He said he was a descendant, so I feel like he would know if he was Doctor Doom. Yeah, exactly. But there might be a more psychological explanation for it. When Doctor Doom was being pulled in the King's ship, he did say, I shall be the master of whoever I am about to confront. I shall find a way to make him serve me. Once Dr. Doom is inside the spaceship, he is held at gunpoint by King. Him suggesting that the same person could be his way of convincing King to trust him, while also manipulating him to help him fight the Fantastic Four. Which seems like the most logical explanation to me. Um, Because because in the comics, he did kind of bring out that solution of, like, we might be the same people out of nowhere, so it might just be his way of, like, like trying to manipulate King and be like, yes, we're the same person, so we have the same shared interests and we should help each other. Hmm. Um, later on... Assuming Kang is from the future, I feel like he'd be more intelligent. Which, yeah. maybe not, because Doctor Doom is extremely intelligent. So I feel like... Uh, I think Kang is... I think Kang is, like, right up there. Um, later on, Kang designs new armor based off of Doctor Doom's outfit and calls himself the Scarlet Centurion. And um, this is bad armor, but I'm going to show you a picture of it because I think that it is worthy to be seen. Of Me, the Scarlet. not you, audience. Sorry, you guys are one. Yeah. I'll, I'll link it in the show notes if you really do want to see it. But um... Dude, you can see his nips. It looks like a... Yeah, it looks like a... Yeah. Dude, um, he's basically... That is... That's dumb. <laughs> yeah, and it said that it's supposed to be based off of Doctor Doom, but I barely see it. Um, the cape? The cape, that's it, though. Like, fucking Doctor Doom doesn't wear a fucking corset around him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Or, uh, okay. With this, or yeah. fucking like have his bare chest open. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> with this new identity, Kang decided to travel back in time to the beginning of the Avengers. This is right after they had thought the villain Space Phantom. While this villain does not matter, what does matter is that the Hulk leave the Avengers after this battle, except in this universe, Hulk stayed because Kang convinced the Avengers that the world would be in danger of being destroyed if they didn't imprison every single superhuman on Earth. Um, so that would mean, like, um, like, like the X-Men, like, um, you know, not, not, not aliens, but not really humans. Um, right. Eventually, That's King managed... Yeah, <laughs> eventually Keg managed to get the original Avengers to travel to the alternate Avengers universe because, you know, this is, yeah, he, he changed the course of this timeline, um, Earth 689, without the original Avengers knowing. So the original Avengers are in this alternate uh, universe without them knowing, and they uh, encounter the alternate Avengers, and they battle them. But the 616, or the original Avengers, managed to flee and travel back to the original universe. After this defeat, um, Kang returned back to the Ramatut identity, although it wouldn't last long. Upon trying to travel, upon trying to travel back to his 31st century home, he overshot and ended up being in the 40th century. Kang the Conqueror found this to be the perfect opportunity to change his identity to Kang the Conqueror. The name is quite fitting because he did conquer, like, the planet and the galaxy, basically. Yeah. Uh, He was kind of stupid before he was blue. When he was blue, he was cool. Yes. And we'll actually get into why he's blue soon. Eventually, Kang decided he should go back to battle the Avengers. This is the first proper introduction of Kang the Conqueror in the Avengers comic. So that's basically his origin. Um, Let's talk about his appearance. So, so he just had an identity crisis. Basically, yeah. He, he it's crazy because in like the storylines and stuff later on, he goes back to being Ramatut again. Um, so it's like he doesn't know who he wants to be. Hmm. I but I mean I guess that's fair considering there's like infinite amount of kings. So it's like you Playing know at a certain point that they're all like different. Actually, they're like not the same as him. Maybe. Um, so as for his appearance, Kang is usually found to have one of the more unique appearances of any Marvel villain. He stands at 6'3", 230 pounds. His hair and eyes are both brown, although we rarely see these characteristics. His costume armor is something akin to, or his costume color is something akin to the Joker from the DC universe. <laughs> King, King the Conqueror is, compar- is comprised of full body armor made of a futuristic metal. The main accent of this costume, which is a loose garment, like a robe, is typically dark green. Over this dark green robe is a purple metal that surrounds his waist, chest, neck, and head. The purple metal also allows, um, is allowed to, like, it's what makes up his gauntlet and his leg armor. King the Conqueror is also depicted with a transparent blue mask that follows King's facial expressions. While this makes his face blue, make no mistake, he is human, same as us, which is, like, even though he's this powerful creature or villain, he, he's still human. This does make for a very mem- memorable uh, appearance, though, because it is hard to, like, because he has these, like, like, typically villains have, like, either, like, a red or, like, these, like, light, you know, colors that are, like, very antagonistic and stuff. But, you know, he, he has blue and purple, and it's, like, it's kind of unexpected, I guess, you know? 
he uh, still looks like a like a menacing figure, but I see what you mean. Yeah, despite the non-threatening colors, though, King is a very worthy, worthy ad- adversary, which leads me to his powers. This suit of armor gives King the ability to lift 5 tons or 10,000 pounds. This armor is very durable. It is said to be with it is said to be able to withstand a nuclear strike at point blank range. So that's pretty fucking powerful. And although it would be even difficult to land a blow on him because he so he's, so he's god. <laughs> yeah, he deploys he has these very extremely durable force fields that he uses all the time and he can teleport. So it would be even difficult to land a blow on him. That sounds uh, like um that sounds like on the playground when you're smaller you're like no I just have force fields you can't hit me. No. Yeah. Um uh, my armor can withstand a nuclear blast. Um no, I actually um no, I I can time travel, so that never happened. It's just like fucking, like whatever they say. You just no, uh, no, no. That's not true. Yeah, um, a weapon the suit possesses is the ability to use anti gravity on objects weighing up to two point two tons, which is pretty cool too. Um, and even if you do manage to badly damage King, he can quickly escape by time traveling to before you even hurt him, and then. He could summon his massive army of weapons that can time travel to him upon the crack of his fingers. Like that's an actual thing he does. He could crack his fingers, and this army of armory of whatever weapons he wants will just time travel to him. Um, similarly, by flexing his muscles, he can activate a powerful electric shot, shock, kind of like a Sith Lord would. You know, like like zapping somebody. Um, cool. But let's say you do manage to get all the past all these defenses before you can lay a hand. Before what he can hit the gym, and then he's just like, "Take a look at these babies," and he's like, Hoo! and then he just fucking electrocutes everybody around him. <laughs> yeah, he's on a date, and he just like flexes. <laughs> uh, now, let's say you do murder him. All right, okay. Let's say you do manage to get past all his defenses before he can lay a hand on you, and you knock him out. Um, and let's say that instead of killing him, you want to trap him. He would be able to survive for the next 30 days without food, water, or oxygen because of his armor's life support system. So all that stuff is built into his armor. Uh, But you know what? If you do murder him, um, then there is an infinite amount of kings roaming around the Omniverse at any given time. And his there will be like a power vacuum that will quickly be filled by whatever king, you know, comes and just fills that power vacuum. And even without his armor, king is more than capable... Uh, of destroying any regular human. For one, he can outlive them because of the proved biology from his era. So, like, he's 70 years old in the comics. Um, but he, he seems like he's way younger. And it's actually, like, it's, it's actually notable because in the uh, Loki show at the end of it, the that king said he was, like, hundreds of years old. Like, 800, I think, or something. Um, so, you know, he, he doesn't really look... And he's a human, too. He's not an alien. Um... And he is also one of the smartest characters in the Marvel Universe. He is so smart that he's the only Marvel character to be able to time travel because, like, he doesn't create divergences. And furthermore, he's a skilled tactician, and he knows how to conquer entire galaxies. He has such an insane amount of will that he managed to defy the timekeepers in the comics and change his own destiny. Kind of like how Loki does in the show Loki. Um... He's proven to be a skilled combatant, too. He once fought Captain America, no weapons, and came to a stalemate. And, you know, he, he's only a human, like I said before, 
but he's an extraordinary human that will definitely prove to be a worthy foe in the MCU. The MCU saw its first introduction of Kang the Conqueror in the show Loki. So, um, in Loki, this is where we get the major spoilers for Loki. Um, in Loki, it is revealed that Kang is the mastermind behind everything, except he's referred to He Who Remains. And not getting more into the rabbit hole of the different kings, it seems most likely that this king is based off of Immortus, as he who remains and Immortus are the oldest kings in their respective multiverses, and they have murdered all other kings to keep some stability in the multi omniverse. Uh, but that's entirely besides the point. So you're saying um, there's another one? No, it's uh, th- this king in the show Loki is based off of the comic character Immortus, because Immortus is like... There's two main kings, you could say, in the comics. There's Amortis and Prime King. Prime King's the one who wants to, like, take over everything. And then Amortis is kind of, like, the good guy. Kind of like how, um, you know, how Ed Loki he is. How he wants to, like, keep everything stable and, you know, nice. And the only way he could do that is by killing the other versions of himself. Right. Um, but, you know, if we want to talk about the story arcs, we can do that in, like, a mini-episode someday. Because um, there are a lot of cool ones, like there's the Council of Kings, or there's um, <laughs> there's a you know how there's a spider was it Spider Pork Porter Park Porker Parker, and there's oh, yeah. Kang there's Kangaroo the Conqueror. Um, <laughs> what the so, heck so, is that? I don't even know what that is. I don't I don't know. Um, and so despite being the fastest, smartest, and strongest king, he who remains is still a variant of King the Conqueror. This means that the mantle of him being the most powerful king can easily be given to a better opponent. And this is exactly what happens in the show. Well, I mean, we, we're not very sure. Um, we can speculate off of, like, the final scenes of that, that episode, but... I don't know, man. I mean, I don't understand why him existing made the other kings not exist. It doesn't really make sense. Like... What what about his death made the other Kangs come back? That doesn't really make much sense to me. Because I feel like like he would have actively had to kill them as they were coming back, you know? Just, I don't get it. I'm not sure either. It's like, I think it's, it, it definitely involves time travel. Um, yeah, but they never clearly explain. They just say, oh, when I die, then all the other Kangs are going to come back. Um, Yeah, how? Like, how exactly? Why would they believe you? You don't explain how. It's just, oh, they are. That's why. There's no reason. <laughs> don't look too deep into it. Otherwise, it won't make sense. I mean, um, the whole point of that show is supposed to be, like, complicated and stuff, right? I mean, that's why, like, that, that, that I mean, I, I don't know. That's what I felt. So it just doesn't make much sense to me why they would just have such a glaring mistake right there in front of you. True, true. Um... But in order to understand the repercussions of King dying, I must summarize the MCU show Loki. Um, Okay, so the show follows who else but Loki. One big exception, though, is that it doesn't follow the MCU Loki, who died at the beginning of Avengers Infinity War by Thanos. This follows the MCU uh, Loki briefly shown in Avengers Endgame. So you might be wondering, but I thought Loki died in a previous movie in Infinity War. He did. It just so turns out that Endgame involves the Avengers time traveling back to the timeline of the first Avengers in order to secure some of the Infinity Stones. This inadvertently leads to the Avengers 1 Loki getting the Tesseract, aka the Space Stone, 
space stone and teleports to some unknown location away from the therefore creating an alternate reality in that universe. However, this Loki is quickly apprehended by these mysterious guides and teleported somewhere else. This location is called the T, uh, TVA, or Time Variance. Their duty is to stop all, all diverging timelines from happening so that the universe doesn't erupt in a full-blown time war, or at least that's what we hear. However, you know this if you've seen the show Loki, and I'm assuming you have if I'm uh, covering this. Their fearless leader, leaders are the three timekeepers, or so we think, destroyed. Eventually, Loki and a female version of the called Sylvie team up to uncover the truth of what's actually behind a TV. At first, it seems like TVA is a force for good, but we eventually learn that TVA is turning variants into their workers, which and, and they're also not allowing fill of anyone, basically, because they're stopping any timeline from existing. If you know nothing about comics, it is a bit anticlimactic because the, ma the main bad guy is just this regular human. It is revealed that this man, he who remains, is the good King the Conqueror, and he killed all other versions of himself so that he can keep some peace in the multiverse. The, re the reason for why he doesn't allow any alternative universe is because he wants to stop other versions of himself overthrowing him and doing evil. Um, so what's but interesting things like how exactly does his existence prevent other multi multiverses from existing unless he has like something that he was doing that we just weren't aware of that he could control his with his mind? I, I mean, I don't know, like, like, literally, like the moment he dies is when the timelines go fuckity again. And so, like, uh, yeah. So, like, I don't understand exactly what is happening. I mean, they, I understand what they told us, but they don't ever give us an explanation for why exactly that happened. I see what you mean, uh, but maybe it's just because, like, instead of time, at least in this, the way that it's working, the mechanics of time are working in this place or wherever, instead of time going in a linear path, maybe it's something that's, like, it's not linear. It's, like, so, like, the the problem I see with it is that, you know, like, how can... If King's already killed all other Kings and stuff, then how can him dying stop a King from returning if he's already killed all possible futures? Like, right. like it, it just wouldn't make sense to me. But maybe yeah. time doesn't work linearly. Linearly? Is that the word? Um, in this situation, especially since time is like a time traveler guy. Um, but, like I said, this does have some big repercussions. And... Um, just to note of this is like, so what's interesting is that these main characters, Loki and Sylvie, are offered the mantle of the timekeepers to keep the universe safe in their own respective way. So he who he who remains did say that they can like do whatever they want to, you know, just they they could do what they want. They could do what they think is right. Yeah. Um, else that's funny is that he also reveals that this already happened. So that means that the universe is cyclical. That like basically all if if all the events transpire exactly the way they did before, whenever he got killed by them before, then then worst case scenario, the universe will just loop back around again and go right back to that moment over and over and over again until they do something different. But I, I oh, suppose like... that I suppose well... that will be now because why would they show us those events if that was going to happen unless they. I don't know. I had like some. You, you're right, though, because uh, well, you, you're right. And uh, did you forget that at the end they were like 
the guy was like, this is the first time I don't know what's happening because like he everything that he you're right everything has i think it's looped or something and everything before has been like written down available for him to see and use but after a certain point he's like this is the first time where i don't know what's going to happen this is like the actual right, free will part that's the, that's the point where the universe ends he says that himself so when the universe ends another begins when the other one begins the new universe begins and then the whole the whole cycle begins again right up until that moment the reason why he doesn't know what's going to happen is because that's when he dies. That's when he's not able to record anything anymore because the universe ends. Because the universe yeah. ends with death. So, yeah, so like Kate said, um, uh, Sylvie kills him, and that means that the universe will allow alternative dimensions um, and free will to exist. So while this is ethically good, like like free will needs to exist i guess like it morally it's good uh you could say um it does allow for any king to take over the mantle that he who remains was keeping from all the other kings and this new king could either be kind and just like how the old one was or it could be a really merciless and cruel king um so let's talk about the implications of this well the old one is I mean, it's relative whether he's kind or just. I think there was a certain point where he lived so long that he was inevitable that he would just try to do the right thing. I think it's a certain point. Because remember, he conquered everything, and then after that he was kind, because he saw no other reason to be evil. But So you're basically way. saying that Kang is flowy from Undertale. Yes. <laughs> no, I, I'm saying that he was evil, but he lived for so long that he just didn't, he was too tired to be evil at that point. He didn't have any desire to conquer anything. And that's why basically the same thing will happen, because an evil king will kill all other kings, and then as a result, will rule over the universe for a really long time. And then eventually yes. gets so bored that he'll just be like, I don't really even feel like being evil at this point. I feel like anything, well, I... if anything, he's not even good or evil. He's just kind of neutral. Um, because yeah. remember, like, both, because he, he even says that, like, everything is relative. Like, remember when she was like, you've killed a lot of people. And he's like, you have too. You're a fucking hypocrite. So, it's like, <laughs> Everybody has killed tons of bad or tons of people. It's what we do from now on that makes a difference. So I think that that like that's just because he's so old that he's wise enough at that point to be like, all right, there's no point in being evil. But I don't think that means that any came before that won't believe. Well, they'll probably believe they're good, but they will be evil. You know. Well, I I kind of um, disagree with you just about the part of like how any king who takes over the mantle will they'll. they'll do the same thing, like, conquer and destroy and stuff, but then they'll kind of sit, settle down, and basically do what the He Who Remains was doing. I feel like, like, this king is based off of Immortus, who is, like, especially, like, this character is basically based, He Who Remains is basically based off of Immortus, because they both, they were in a similar position where they did conquer and stuff, but then they realized, like, hey, it's better to be good. And, like, I feel like that is, like, a... It, it is a reasonable thing to do after a while. But I don't necessarily think that, like, any new king, especially if it's, like, Prime King, in the comics, he is, like, the main evil king, and, um... He Ooh, just... he Don't... Even though... There... Go ahead, sorry. Oh, I was just gonna say, like, even though there might not be much to conquer, 
he still conquers. And also, like, I don't think you can run out of things to conquer when it deals with, like, multiverses and stuff. Dude, he already did conquer every multiverse. That's why he was able to influence them in such a way. That's why the Timekeepers could literally go anywhere he they wanted because of the fact that he conquered everything. Another thing is, yes, I do believe that not every king is the same, but I think they all inevitably lead to the same place. They'll all get bored enough where being good or evil or conquering anything won't matter because they will live for an infinite amount of time. I, I, I'm assuming, because, I mean, it seems like that. I mean, he says he's super old, and it's, like, literally the beginning of time to now. It's, like, millions and millions of years. But what I'm saying is that I, I do think that uh, that every king... I mean, we literally already have evidence for this. The previous universe that existed before, the reason why he was able to predict their movements and know exactly what they were going to do up until a point where he canonically dies beforehand. So... There's proof that there was another king before him that was in the exact same position he was. So that me and that king couldn't have been could have been similar, but probably did have some differences about him, but still ended up making the same decisions that led him to the same place. Well, maybe if at least we're saying that a king desires to conquer, I think that that conquering aspect will always lead to the same place of him becoming tired and neutral. I think that if a king decides not to conquer, then yes, they they are they do have more options but the whole point is that he makes sure that there aren't any other splits in the time in the timeline up until that point where he would die so i'm just saying i'm using that previous universe that existed or or multiverse or whatever that's that other point was that he read the script from i'm using that as kind of a reference as to like point like this is probably what would happen to any gang that chose to conquer i see what you mean um, regardless of though, regardless of that though, there are some pretty uh, big repercussions to what Sylvie did whenever she killed uh, Kang. So the first big one is that we will see some of we will see some of the same characters that we usually see in the MCU, but they will be from a entirely new universe, or we can see new characters from a new universe. So the biggest example of that. Or the biggest thing that comes to mind is the X-Men integrating into the MCU. Because the reason for why they weren't in the MCU is, like, the um, meta, the reason that they were not in the MCU would be that, you know, Fox owned the license to them. But their reasoning inside the MCU could be that they were just from a different universe. And the same could be for the Fantastic Four. Yeah, Deadpool is a great example. Another thing, too, is that... um that that technically the quicksilver from x-men can still exist because i mean if anything he's more likely to exist because we already saw a version of him that was just in the marvel universe therefore there's a version of him that exists I, yeah that is and we saw the, the same actor but just in a different universe we saw ralph yeah, boner yeah <laughs> ralph boner so um, what i'm saying is that there's another variation of ralph boner out there in the multiverse that is quicksilver that's played that's by the other kill quicksilver like, yeah. like, there's, like in the X-Men universe, the Ralph Boner of that universe is played by the guy who played Quicksilver in the MC universe. MCU universe. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, and same with Deadpool. Same with the X-Men. Same with Fantastic Four. Same with um, what other characters do could we see? Uh, we could see an alternate... Oh, yeah, the uh, upcoming Spider-Man movies. We're gonna... We're supposedly... Able to see the uh, the Spider Toby Maguire Spider Man and, and, and uh, Andrew Garfield. Yes, those those are reportedly going to be in the new Spider Man movie, which is very interesting. 
Um, we could see alternative alt, alternative universe uh, Avengers. Um, and who knows? Maybe maybe we'll even see some DC characters. Just kidding. But that did no, happen in the DC comics. Would, that, would that, that. Uh, that would never happen. But we did see that in the comics. We did we see did. those two universes, which is really cool. Captain um, America and Iron Man could both come back too, because there's there's no way that they all died in all of the multiverses. Yeah, and we did even uh, technically we did see some alternate universe characters whenever in Endgame. Whenever they went back in time, we saw a different Thanos. But this is going to be truly, like, multiversal. Mm, for sure. <laughs> uh, and the second implication of this is that we will see new kings. So at the end of Loki, it already... the the He Who Remains basically said, you'll see new versions of me. And we did see that. We did see a statue of that. And like I said before, um, it's reported that this new king is going to appear in the new Ant-Man and Wasp movie. Um, and they probably could appear in any number of new movies. We don't know yet. And I think that the only permanent way to get rid of these kings coming back is to, like, kind of do what He Who Remains did and, like, kill all other kings and ensure that no universes um, end up coming back. Otherwise... I'm sure that Marvel will come up with a way for, like, them to still have multiple universes but deal with the without. Kings. Yeah. Because we're gonna we're gonna have to go back in time and kill King's mother. Yeah. Um. They would. Yeah. But I mean, I'm excited though. I mean, this I think is just the start of something really cool. And as a yeah, Marvel, right. I'm like really excited because I mean, I was already excited for Multiverse of Madness because I love the idea of multiverses, and it just opens the doors to so many possibilities if that idea is handled correctly and creatively. And then No Way Home, Spider Man. Um. I was really excited for that just because that seems fun and I enjoyed both previous Spider-Man movies and then there's the idea of like Tobey Maguire and Granger Garfield being in there which sounds really fun to me and then it's, it's uh... like now with Loki we're seeing like multi now we're seeing that idea realized and having like a bunch of multiverses exist I'm just super excited me too and it's crazy because like whenever um in game was happening I was like how much bigger can this get? Like they're gonna run out of ideas or something soon. I was I was worried about that, <laughs> but but we have two like I would say we have two new things. We have this multiverse thing where we're gonna see characters from other multiverses or different multiverse care like you know stuff stuff happening, and we have yet to explore all these different like civilizations and ra- alien races and stuff outside of like the marvel galaxy like different galaxies and stuff like we saw we saw a hint of that with the scroll stuff that was happening you know in um captain marvel we we saw a glimpse of that um but now we're gonna see a, a crap ton more because um like at Guardians the end of, of the galaxy it, volume three is coming out pretty well not pretty yes soon, it is pretty- it's coming out yeah and then we're gonna see multiversal stuff with um yeah and marvel's hinted at that for a while for instance like um what what, what was it Besides Loki, it was uh, WandaVision. That was a huge, like, hint at multiversal stuff. And also... um, Was it? I guess so. And they kind of trolled us with it a bit. But in Spider-Man Far From Home, we had uh, Mysterio. And he was like, I'm from a different universe and stuff. But it turns out that that was a lie, which kind of sucks. But different Um, universes do exist. They they actually do, and that's the cool part. And I re- I honestly think it's really cool what their explanation for was for why there wasn't any new new universes, 
um, because they were all being shut down before that could even happen. Right. Um, so, you know, this this is pretty huge for the MCU, and it just it spices things up a little bit more. I think that DC's kind of already been doing different universe things just because they've been, like, really inconsistent in, like, what their main timeline is. Uh, but it could lead to them venturing... Like, like they have um, the Jared Leto Joker, and then they have the Joaquin Phoenix one. Um... But it uh, for them it's unintentional. For Marvel, it's going to start being intentional now. And mm-hmm. whether or not what kind of changes we will see depends on how the movies release. So the next movie to release is I think it's Shang Chi and the Seven Rings. I'm sure, I think that's the title, but I could be wrong. Yeah, you're um, right. I'm excited for that one. I don't know what it's about, but it sounds fun. Yeah, we have an Eternals movie. We have a new Thor movie. We have a new Guardians of the Galaxy movie. Spider Man movie. Uh, Ant-Man and Wasp, we have Doctor Strange, we have any upcoming, other upcoming movies, um... Thunder. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, also a new Captain Marvel movie. Um, so, you know, this is, this is huge, and... Did you say No Way Home? Yeah, No Way Home, yeah. No did, Way you say Ga- did you say Galaxy Volume 3? Galaxy Volume 3. I think that's coming out next year or the year after. I'm really um, excited either, because I want to see Thor again. I, I freaking love Thor. Thor, we, Thor the, the coolest thing about Thor is that his arc isn't done yet, and he's been through so much shit. Yeah, I I don't know, man. Like, I, I thought Thor is, like, Thor's probably my favorite MCU superhero. Um, but now I'm even more hyped because, like, there's so much they can do with this character. And, I, I, I mean, to be honest with you, I really like the Thor movies, except for the except for Dark World. I fucking hate Dark World, but other than that, the Thor movies are really fun. And then just like, kind of Thor being the catalyst for like the next phase of the Avengers, like both times I believe. Um, because like he, oh my god, because Loki was like the first like you know, uh, world threat you know that the Avengers had to face. Yeah, um, I I think you're right. I think Thor is probably going to be headlining this next saga. Um, because, you know, Captain America and Iron Man are gone, so he's really the only big one left besides Hulk, but they're not making any movies for Hulk. But Spider-Man could potentially be the next big thing, too. Like, the next main character. Hulk doesn't really even exist anymore. I mean, sort of, but, like, it's just kind of... Yeah, his story arc is complete. Yeah. Um. Maybe, maybe he'll exist, maybe he'll, like, I, I would like to see maybe him take a supporting role in, like, um... In like either Spider Man Far From Home or No Way Home or Multiverse of Madness. Like I I can see that being a thing. I would I think his dynamic with Spider Man would be fun. Yeah, definitely. He he would be a good like mentor to character to uh Spider Man. Mm. Because he's like super wise now and everything. <laughs> yeah. And he gives tacos to people. Yeah. Although there is like there might be something like they might change him up because I know that there's like a general cycle that Thor or that the Hulk goes through. So like there's a cycle where he's really dumb and then he eventually gets less powerful, but he gets smarter. Um, and right now he's at the smartest point of the Hulk, but he might start to get dumb again um, and, and but get powerful. stronger. Yeah, basically. So um, that's all we have for now. But thank you so much for listening. Um, our next episode is over midsummer. And then we will have a multi-part series over Jack the Ripper. And then our season will be over and we'll be taking a hiatus for a month. Yeah, Um, and make sure to tell us what you guys think by tweeting at us at... And a podcast.
and you know whatever social media you would like to use for that um in terms of um telling us what you think about about our theories for what the marvel universe will will show us going forward and um what kang's introduction into the mcu means for everything oh definitely yeah um it's pretty big stuff so i can't wait to see you guys again i hope you enjoy this episode and um you know just just have a good day bye see ya this podcast is an Anna Podcast Network production. For more like this, check out Two People in a Podcast on Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcast.